0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Mortgage rates dropped below 4% this past year, and it opened the door for many people to refinance current loans. The solid economy and strong jobs numbers also helped open the door for people to buy a new home. Those were the themes of 2019, but what should we expect in 2020? Sam Cater is chief economist for Freddie Mac, and he joins us to take a look back and to take a look ahead. Sam, welcome to the show. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Uh, Let's start with this past year. How did you gauge what we saw in
1: 2019? Well, there was a pronounced slowdown in home sales and home prices, uh, particularly in the first half of the year. And that's because of the run-up in uh, mortgage rates that occurred in late 18 and early 2019. However, as rates fell in the second half of 2019, we saw a nice rebound in home sales. Home price growth began to flatten, and uh, the real estate market is entering 2020 with a fair amount of momentum.
0: The numbers of refis that had to be, you know, that were very high this past year uh, had to really be because of the lower mortgage rates that we saw, and just the availability of people to be able to to
1: do that refi. That's that's correct. Uh, so, we saw a boom in refi originations. Refi originations re- reached $850 billion in 2019, up from $540 billion in uh, 2018. We expect refis to uh, fade a bit in 2020, but still reach about $650 billion. And And the main reason for the fade is that uh, we expect rates to really be flat relative to last year, and so you'll get some burnout. The folks that we're going to refi, uh, you know, many of them have already refinanced. There will be some that will still refinance in 2020, but the majority of them have already refinanced.
0: So then will that potentially open the door for more people jumping into the mortgage market on the purchase of a new home?
1: Uh, from an underwriting perspective, uh, yes. Uh, you know, Sometimes when there's a boom in refinances, it can crowd out some uh, 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 purchase originations, because many of the brokers will tend to focus on refinances, which are easier to turn around and, and quickly uh, refinance versus a, a, a buyer. So, uh, b- between the flat rate environment and very good economy and sort of less competition for broker time, I expect 2020 will be a good year for, for uh, home buyers. What are we expecting to
0: see from final home sales numbers for this past year?
1: Uh, so we uh, home sales in 2019 settled in at six million flat. We expect them to rise to 6.2 million in 2020, so about a three percent rise.
0: The issue, one of the issues that we've talked about on this show, has been who is going to be that that generation that, that is going to really give a boost to the home buying market. And, and the question has been around millennials because of the fact that whether it has been they saw what happened to their parents around the recession and they waited a little bit longer, they're waiting a little bit longer in general, maybe towards their early 30s or mid-30s to buy that home. They've decided renting is a better option. Is millennials really good, Are millennials going to be that driver that's going to have to take that next step for housing?
1: Absolutely, they're already the driver today, and they will remain uh, in the driver's seat for the next few years. Uh, the millennial generation is very large; there are seventy-two million of them. The peak age cohort turns thirty this year, and many of them are transitioning from the rental market and to to the uh, home purchase market. Uh, and in fact, if we look at our first-time home buyer share, it's dominated by millennials, and will continue to do so. Prior research has indicated that. Peak purchase activity occurs uh, in the early to mid 30s. Uh, and so I think there's going to be a strong demographic tailwind from millennials uh, for the next few years.
0: Do we believe that, that part of the reasons why millennials waited was because of, of the economic downturn? And then off of that question, will those next generations post millennial, will they follow that pattern and wait longer, do you think, into their, you know, around age 30, maybe a little bit later to buy that first home? Or will we get back to more? what I guess was the norm where you would see people 26, 27, 28 buying that first
1: home. So, if we look back historically, uh, yeah, I, think, I think the reason millennials delayed their entry into the homeownership is related to some demographic and cultural factors and some economic factors. On the demographic and cultural factors, there's been already a delay in um, marriage rates and having children. And, that, this, and this preceded millennials. This happened uh, with a tail end of baby boomers throughout Gen X. And then through millennials. But then the, it really became uh, more of an issue with the Great Recession that hit millennials as they were forming their households. And so that delayed uh, their uh, uh, sort of chances to get up on the housing ladder. But now they're coming into the market in large numbers. As it pertains to Generation Z, they've got very strong um, feelings and attachments to homeownership rate. In fact, uh, we've conducted a recent survey that indicates the overwhelming majority, 86% want to own a home. And what's really interesting is when you compare their thoughts and feelings to millennials, um, because um, when we look at the data, they feel even more strongly Im- about homeownership uh, than millennials do in a variety of dimensions.
0: Is it the expectation, and mortgage rates themselves have kind of been bobbing, I guess, between like 37 and, and and right around 4% over the last few months, but is it the expectation that we'll continue to see mortgage rates for the most part in kind of that ballpark territory?
1: Yeah, I think the consensus amongst most economists is that uh, the rate environment will remain lower for longer, uh, not just here in the U.S., but also abroad. And a lot of this has to do with the slower uh, growth of uh, uh, the economy, uh, slower population growth, and slower uh, productivity growth, all of which have a downward pull. On inflation, and inflation is what really drives the trends in interest rates and then mortgage rates.
0: And again, so what? What are you expecting for home sales then in 2020?
1: So uh, home sales, we we expect home sales to rise very modestly to 6.2 million, about a three percent rise. Um, and And you know, I think the issue with home sales at this point is not just rates but the lack of supply that, in my opinion, is the biggest obstacle that not just the housing market faces but the economy faces. Well,
0: when you look at the at the supply issue and and I will do this a little bit anecdotally, just looking at, at around my area mm-hmm. uh, in the Philly suburbs. You see more multifamily properties going up, whether they be condos or apartments, than you do uh, just single-family home construction. And and I think... Me personally wondered whether or not we were going to see a shift in that the further out we went from the recession. It doesn't appear to be that. That doesn't appear to be the case.
1: Yeah, so the multifamily market rebounded very nicely coming out of the recession, and it's been trending at a good level of construction activity. The single family market was damaged quite a bit more and we're still underbuilding on the single family side by uh by about 300,000 uh, k or so under underbuilding um and and but it's slowly improving each and every year we sort of took a pause over the past year but it is slowly improving. But you're absolutely correct. I would have expected single-family construction to recover more than uh, it has, and and on a similar uh, pace to multifamily, but it's taking a lot longer for a variety of reasons.
0: What about pricing? Uh, Home prices uh, going into 2020, who do you think is going to have the the better opportunity, the home buyer or the home seller?
1: Uh, Home sellers are in the driver's seat here. Uh, We expect home prices to rise about 3%. In, in 2020, but the lack of supply really makes it difficult for home buyers. In fact, if, uh, if you, we look at the data recently released by the National Association of Realtors, it shows that, uh, the level of unsold existing home inventory is at the lowest level ever, in the last four decades. So there's really a lack of supply and chronic shortage that makes it uh, much more difficult for buyers to find what they're looking for, and it puts sellers in the driver's seat.
0: And and when you talk about supply, you're you're talking about both uh, new homes being built, but also properties that that have been uh, potentially available for quite some time that have just come on the market
1: that 's correct, I, you know the, the bulk of the lack of supply issues on the new supply though part of it is on the existing home market where you 've got folks that are uh, not participating in the, in the market, for example they 're not trading up, so there are many Gen X buyers who are still trapped in their first home, uh, and that 's because they can 't find the home that they want to trade up in, and yeah. so you get this ratchet effect that that occurs with a lack of construction which is not just impacting entry level first time home buyers but even trade up buyers so if if home
0: sellers are going to have an advantage going into the into this year and we're getting closer to the to the spring selling season mm-hmm. that would seemingly kind of be butting heads once again about what home buyers are going to want and it makes me wonder whether or not it's going to be a challenge this spring
1: I think it'll be a challenge. I think the demand is there. There's strong latent demand. The problem is that you can't buy what's not available for sale, right? And that's the major issue. Is that I think that what that means for many buyers is that they have to compromise, right? They can't find the exact location, the right school district, uh, and so that compromise might be in terms of the price. It might be the location. You might have to move to another city, uh, and so it just means that buyers will have to compromise. All
0: right. We've talked about a variety of things. Any other elements that are at play going into 2020 that we hadn't? Touched on yet
1: well I think the economy is in a good place I think the chances of a recession have receded uh, we've got good steady job growth good uh, good wage growth and that'll support the housing market uh, in 2020.
0: but it seems like that that growth of the housing market whether it be the number of properties or the the home price uh, the home prices is kind of following in pattern with the kind of the slow growth of the economy right now or the steady growth of the economy I guess I should say.
1: That's, that's correct. I mean, it's sort of in an equilibrium, slow-growth state. And at this point, uh, it's not such a bad place to be.
0: Sam, thanks very much for your insight. Greatly appreciate it. Sam Cater, who's chief economist for Freddie Mac, talking about the mortgage market and what we can expect going into 2020. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.